Joining us now, he covers the NBA for the Bleacher Report. He's our friend Grant Hughes. Hi, Grant. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, we're doing great. Help us with this discussion. Are you expecting a close, entertaining series? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I, I joked uh, right after the Raptors finished off the Bucks just to kind of kill their momentum on purpose, Warriors and five, question mark. But I think I think we're getting six. I'd like to get seven, but, but I think, um, you know, Toronto to me is, is maybe the best team the Warriors will have faced in the finals. Um, they're just – they have answers for so many different things. They can play big, small. They've got wing defenders, shooters, you know, you name it. Um, so I think they can give Golden State a run, and I, and I hope so, um, just just for entertainment's sake. You know, this will be the last meaningful ball we get for a few months, so I'm hoping for a good one. How much time do you think Kawhi will spend covering stuff? You know, not a lot. Um, I think my guess is he'll be either on Draymond Green or, or Andre Iguodala, just kind of which will allow him to play a little bit of free safety um, defensively. But if the Warriors go to that pick and roll that they killed Houston with, um, having Kawhi on Draymond Green means you can then switch him on to Curry, um, which I don't think the Warriors really will want anything to do with. So I think that's probably the circumstance you'll see Kawhi on Curry most. But I'd be surprised if you matched up with him, you know, from the get-go intentionally. I know it's up in the air on whether or not Kevin Durant will play, but do you think the Warriors will really need him this series? No, I don't think they need him. Um, I, I think, you know, there's been so much discussed about, you know, his absence and, and what it means uh, in the last, you know, few weeks. I think, I think I'd put it this way. I think Durant raises the Warriors' ceiling. He, you know, they can be a better version of themselves with him. But I think we've seen also that uh, he kind of allows – his presence means a lot of the other guys relax a little bit. And certainly you don't get this version of Steph Curry with Durant needing touches and shots. And I think the role guys seem a little more empowered without Durant. And I think the Warriors' biggest enemy is complacency. And I feel like when they don't have him out there, um, everybody plays harder because the margin for error is smaller. So I think they can win it without him. Uh, and I think they may have to. I don't think he's going to play a meaningful role in this series just based on w- what I've heard. Um, so uh, don't need him, but it'd be nice, I guess, is the best way I'd put it. Okay, so if we put KD on the shelf and then we look at uh, Steph for the Warriors and Kawhi for the Raptors, who is it most important in a secondary way for someone to step up on each team, and who do you think that person will be? Well, I think it's, it's interesting. You know, for the Raptors, for example, they've got – I don't think that the Raptors can win this series if you get, you know, every other game being a good Kyle Lowry game. Um, I think Lowry needs to be the guy that is consistently the Raptors' second leading scorer. I think he needs to be aggressive like we saw him uh, towards the end of that Milwaukee series. I don't think if, if he's kind of playing hot potato with the ball and Marcus Gasol falls into this too, I think that's a problem. But, but Lowry's got to be that second guy. For Toronto and and for the Warriors, you know, it, it's easy to say Draymond Green, but I just think I don't think there's any way he doesn't have a phenomenal series. I think he's just playing so well right now and is in such a groove that he's going to make a difference. So Clay Thompson needs to make shots. I think Thompson is the guy that uh, could really swing the series as a secondary piece for Golden State. 
Grant Hughes with us from the Bleacher Report. If Boogie Cousins uh, can go, does he have much of a role in this series? Health aside, he, he doesn't seem like uh, the type of guy that gets pulled out of the paint and can be effective on defense. No, that's, I mean, you hit it. That's a big deal. Um, Toronto, you know, one of the things you want to avoid in playoff basketball and certainly the finals is, is putting a target out there. And if you put Cousins out there, even if not for this, this quad injury that cost him several weeks, uh, the Raptors would just go at him every time down in the pick and roll and, and force him to defend in space, which he's not very good at. The other thing is, you know, the Warriors have, have sort of rediscovered this thing where they look like the 2015 Warriors where they're moving the ball and everybody's zipping around and Cousins needs his touches. He plays slow. Um, he, he just would change things in a negative way to me from what the Warriors have achieved most recently in terms of their style of play. So, I don't think Cousins has a role, and I don't. I really think that the best case scenario is if he gives you five, ten minutes against second units to just sort of post up a few times. But I don't think he has a meaningful role to play, honestly. How big of a deal is the home court in this series? Well, certainly, you know, I don't. I don't think the Warriors have been the road team, quote unquote, in any of their their past final trips. So it's going to be different for them. Um, I do think, though, that, you know, th- there's that stat out there that they, they always have won a game on the road in the playoffs. There's something like 19 straight series or something. So I don't think playing on the road bothers them as much as it would most other teams. And I think really they're going to embrace, I think, not to say that they're an underdog, but they don't have home court. They don't have one of the best players in the game. I think they're going to lean into this and, you know, try to concoct some scenario where they have something to prove, even though, Really, you know, if you've been to the finals five times in a row, that's kind of a fiction. But, but I think it matters less in this series than it otherwise would. Um, so, you know, the Raptors have that big advantage. It's definitely an advantage, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't concern myself with it too much if I were Golden State. Grant Hughes is with us from the Bleacher Report, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What did you make of the story today that everybody is up for grabs with the Rockets? <laughs> I mean, it's... It feels like a knee-jerk reaction on their part just because, you know, they've given the Warriors, you know, certainly two years ago, if they don't go 0 for 27 or whatever it was in, in the decisive game of those conference finals, um, they might have a ring right now. Um, so they've been really close, and, and I hate to see a team get really close and just try to blow it up. But at the same time, Chris Paul's 34 and is clearly in decline, so that's a contract you probably want to get off of if you can. So I understand it. I just it's just tough for me to stomach these these, you know, kind of rash rebuild decisions when for a team like that that's really close and, and I'd similarly hate to see the Bucks get drastic this summer, uh, because I thought they were really close too. What do you make of the dysfunction in the Lakers? <laughs> I I mean you guys are in Salt Lake City. I wonder if you can see the smoke from there, uh <laughs> of the dumpster fire at Staples Center right now. It's it's just uh it's not surprising, I guess, to hear sort of all of the details of, of how dysfunctional it's been based on, you know, everything from the free agency moves they made after getting LeBron last summer were huge mistakes that everybody just killed from the moment they made those signings to the Anthony Davis mess all year. It just kind of smelled like mismanagement. And, and now we know um, it really, you know, top down organizationally, it was it was worse really than than anybody had a sense of. So, not surprised to hear it. It almost sort of justifies the way they've done business over the last couple of years. 
What's Rob Palinka's reputation like uh, now around the league? I don't think his reputation was great before all this, right? I think, you know, he was, you go back to, to well, here, there's a, a jazz connection here. You know, Carlos Boozer, I think, agreed in principle to opt out and re-sign in restricted free agency or have his rights renounced or whatever with Cleveland, and, and he left. Um, and that was a Palinka client. So I think there had been certainly questions about how trustworthy he was just based on that alone. And then I don't know how much stock to put in Magic Johnson's comments recently, but, you know, he said that when he took the job, people were calling to warn him about Palinka. So in addition to, I think, some, some misfires in terms of their free agent moves, um, it doesn't seem like he's someone that uh, whose word goes very far around the league, which is not ideal if your job principally is to transact with, with other teams around the league. Anthony Davis uh, confirms that he uh, he wants out of New Orleans. Uh, any are we any closer to figuring out where these big name players are going to end up? I mean, it's gonna. These things always seem to take longer than you want. It just just because it takes time, I think. And to me, it seems like New Orleans um, really was going to go into this this conversation today that that David Griffin had with with Davis and and his representation. Uh, yeah, I think he went into that sort of hoping that it would go better, maybe. And, and in- indications are that they hadn't even really started looking for a trade partner since Griffin came aboard. So I think it may take a little while. Uh, and you know, really, with with how bad the Lakers look now, and how the Celtics may lose Kyrie Irving, and and who knows what's going to happen there, the the good destinations for Davis to wind up in are kind of shrinking. Um, so I think that might kind of draw this out a little bit longer too. Griffin has said in the past that ownership has given him basically uh, the the keys to the car to find a destination for Anthony Davis. Do you think that's actually true, or do you think ownership would step in and not let him go to the Lakers? I, I, my sense is that, you know, had there been – well, who knows with Dell Demps last year, that seemed like a strange interaction with the Lakers with all the stuff leaking about trade offers and stuff. My, my sense is this ownership group – I think would let Griffin make the best deal for the team. All the indications so far are uh, ownership, uh, Gail Benson, uh, to put a name on it, are, you know, they're spending money on facilities. They're filling out a a good staff around Griffin. Um, Certainly having the number one overall pick kind of gives you some more options and creates a little more optimism if you do lose Davis. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me for ownership to specifically say don't trade Davis to Team X or Team Y um, just because of the optics. I think whatever the best deal is, and maybe that's the Lakers, maybe not, um, I would hope and, and I think that Griffin will be empowered to do that. How active do you think the offseason will be? You know, a lot of times these things get built up and everyone thinks there's going to be this player explosion, and then it's uh, more mild than what folks uh, expected. I think it'll be pretty active, um, you know, certainly compared to last year where there just wasn't much of anything going on and the market was, was really depressed um, in terms of, you know, teams having money to spend. I think I saw a figure the other day, something like upwards of 40% of the league, um, depending on player options and other stuff, can be free agents this summer. So just from the numbers game, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of activity. And, I mean, there's big names out there. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard... Irving is going to opt out. You're going to have, uh, you know, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler. The, you know, there's going to be no shortage of Kevin Durant. I don't know how I got that far without mentioning him. 
Um, I don't think anyone's sure where all these guys are going, which kind of makes it more interesting to me. Um, but, but I think it's going to be a good one. I think you're going to see a lot of superstars moving around. What are the odds Kevin Durant actually actually stays in uh, in uh, the in Golden State with the Warriors? I mean, to me, it seems like if there were any reasonable chance of that happening, by now you would have seen the report of, hey, you know, actually this Knicks thing isn't a done deal. Um, he, he's kind of warming to the idea, or sources say that Durant is is to have, feels like he's going to have something to prove if if he doesn't play in the finals. I just you don't you don't see that stuff. It's not out there, um, and there would be a market for a report like that. So that tells me that there's just really no credible indication that he's staying. Um, and maybe that changes based on what happens in this this series starting tomorrow. But to me, it's just uh, you know the sheer volume of of Nick's connections and reports and whispers and stuff just makes it seem like the odds of him staying are you know microscopic at this point. What did you think of R.J. Hampton's decision to head to New Zealand and to uh, compete professionally as opposed to college basketball? I saw this latest report that uh, he told uh, ESPN that watching Luka Doncic uh, play for the Mavericks uh, sort of uh, made him feel more comfortable with that kind of thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, certainly. He's, he's one of them. He probably is the most high-profile guy in terms of his rank in the recruiting, recruiting class to, to make a jump like this. Um, I don't know that I'd want to compare myself to Doncic just because, it, you know, even though it is true that Doncic played professionally and really has been a pro since he was, you know, 14, 15 years old, that, Doncic to me seems like a guy that just rolled out of bed at like age nine and just understood how basketball was supposed to work. I think he's kind of a rare, you know, just almost not, you know, savant's a strong word, but, I wouldn't base a lot of decisions on how he looks as a rookie. At the same time, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. You know, go make some money. Um, maybe you, you, you do benefit from playing against, you know, adults. Um, and you learn, you get a feel for what professional life is like. And your adjustment period as a rookie is not going to be as significant as it would be if you had gone to college. It makes a lot of sense to me. And, and you know, I think I don't think this will be the last time. I think we're going to see this happen increasingly, especially if this goes well. Hey, Grant, thank you as always for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the finals. Thanks. Anytime. There you go. He is the one and only Grant Hughes from Bleacher Report uh, joining us to give us a little uh, little insight. He thinks, uh, Gordon, he thinks it's going to be a good series. Yeah, the question is, will the series be enjoyable? And I don't know whether it will be. I'm guessing that it will be, sort of. So you're thinking like gentleman sweep then? Uh, or are you thinking sweep sweep? No, I don't think a sweep. Because no. if it goes to six, that's a pretty good series. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think the games are going to be competitive. I'd be surprised, and who knows. But I'd be surprised if the if the margin of victory is 25 points. I would expect it to be tight. I think so too. I think the Raptors are, are good enough for that. I think the we Raptors. We saw that with the Warriors. We saw that uh, in earlier games. How many times did they trail by seventeen against the Blazers? Oh yeah, and then just erase it in a heartbeat. I mean, it's yeah. it's amazing what the Warriors can do. I think the Raptors can take it to six. I think that's possible. Okay. Yeah. I I hope that's what happens. Most people, I think, would be would take that. I think so. Too. You give me six. <laughs> that would be satisfying. 
Because, you know, I mean, I, I know people like dominant teams and whatnot, but you make it all the way to the finals and it's a sweep? Let's make it interesting. Yeah. And I hope Grant's right that this is the best opponent in the finals that Golden State will have had in this particular run. You think that's true? Better uh, than guess. those Cleveland teams? Certainly last year's. Yeah. And I still think the the Warrior team that lost, there's a little bit there was some some factors that went into them losing that were pretty, you know, all had to line up for like that to Draymond. happen. Like his suspension, Clay got hurt in the first round in that uh, in those playoffs and was really not the same, especially by the time they got to the finals. And then Kyrie Irving played out of his mind. Well, let's hope that uh, injuries don't play a factor more than they already will. Because you hate to see that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I, I, for one, hope Kevin Durant returns. Yeah. I think that would provide some fascinating drama for the NBA. Because what if he returned and they lost a game? How difficult is it for a player to come back and be in prime form after an injury like that? But he's Kevin Durant, so his role is going to be right there waiting for him. Well, even if he is 100% recovered, which you wonder about, but if he is, can you just – I suppose he's staying as active as he can as he's rehabbing. I don't think we're going to see him in the series. Uh Uh-uh, I don't. I think one. I think the the injury is serious enough that he's going to be on the border, uh, pretty much the whole time. And then two, I don't, I don't, I don't see a motivation for him, especially if his team's winning. The Clippers and Knicks hope he doesn't play in this. Series. Right. Don't don't re-injure <laughs> that, Kevin. <laughs> Stay healthy. Stay sound. What about the fact that this thing is opening up in Toronto? I don't think it makes much of a difference. Don't you? Well, no. I'd, I'd, but for a team like Toronto that hasn't been there before, maybe starting at home would give them some sense of comfort. It, okay. But those, there's also pressure there because those are the games you're supposed to win as opposed to taking all the pressure off and going and try to snag one on the road. So I, it, what, it depends on what perspective you look at it. Well, you got to be confident. But if they, you're right. If they lose the first two games. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can punch that ticket. Right. All right, stay tuned. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.